Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. Another great conversation there, Isaac. Uh, Caleb Almond with Almond Landscape. He was our first landscaping contractor that we had on the show, and what really like resonated with me was a lot of the things he was talking about they were things we've heard before whether you know we're talking to roofing contractors painting contractors yeah uh it seems like there's kind of this recipe and formula that we're starting to kind of see some common themes to successful businesses uh what did you think of this interview yeah i loved it i totally agree with that too i mean there's definitely some common threads of treating people right and making sure your customers are a priority and just doing a good job and being honest that i think you see pay big dividends across whatever industry you're in. Uh, and I think that that extends by far outside of just your work life too. Yeah, absolutely. In the contracting world, especially though, let's go ahead and jump into this episode and you guys can hear for yourself. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractors Playbook. Today, we're joined by Caleb Almond with Almond Landscape. Uh, Caleb, I think you're our first landscaping guy to join us on the uh, Contractors Playbook. So... Uh, you got that notch in your belt, but thanks for taking some time uh, out of your day to join us and to chat contracting. Yeah, Michael, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to to see where the conversation goes today. Going to be cool. Absolutely. So, before we dive into any like specific questions, tell me just a little bit about your background. You know, what led you into landscaping? You know, what what I, landscaping is such a monster of a term. Like, is it? You know, are you guys just doing yards? Are you doing landscaping with some hardscaping? Tell me a little bit about, you know, your background and what led you to where your business is at today. Sure, man. I'll I'll roll backwards, I guess, and tell you where we're at now and, and then where we started. So uh, currently we're a, 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 I would say a small company. We're at about a million dollars in revenue, so nothing too crazy big. Uh, we've got five full-time guys in the field. My wife and I are in the field a little bit, but very rarely anymore. We're mostly in the office managing um our company, Almond Landscape, uh, Almond Environmental, and uh, and then we have uh, a social media company, essentially, which is uh, just Almond Landscape social media stuff. And then we have the Hardscape Academy, which is a training platform. We got a ton of things going on. Uh, three kids. Uh, my wife owns the company. Brittany owns the company. And uh, my fancy title is operations manager. Uh, big work, fancy title for a guy that just does most everything in the company, you know, kind of deal. So uh, we specialize in hardscape construction, landscaping a little bit, uh, and landscaping, like you said, is kind of a, an all encompassing term, right? Uh, but we're primarily in the hardscape construction in the thing, which is uh, brick pavers, retaining walls, and then we do some horticultural work on that end of things. Uh, and then our almond environmental division uh, does a lot of stormwater management work. So we're uh, in all the big box stores, parking lots, redoing all the drains you see, or working in the retention ponds and and doing that kind of stuff. And uh, we have five full-time guys. I think I said that already, but uh, that's that. So years prior, I started out like everybody, uh, you know, mowing grass and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, always wanted to get more into like environmental construction and hardscape construction and that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, started mowing grass and then went to school at Columbus State in the landscape design build program they had and really got me interested in more of the environmental construction and hardscape construction. And uh, we eventually phased out lawn care um, and nothing against lawn care. It was just a direction we didn't, we weren't really have the mindset to go at the time. I didn't have the mindset to hire a manager to deal with all the headaches that I was dealing with. So we got out of lawn care. I think it was 
five years ago, something like that. And I'm looking at my wife to see if I get confirmation on that. Uh, but we, we, we got rid of lawn care, really haven't looked back since. And uh, we, we've stayed on the, the, again, the hardscape construction and uh, environmental construction side. And, and we, we love it. Yeah, for sure. And so obviously two completely different things, obviously, uh, you know, Unfortunately, I have to mow my yard twice a twice a week, and it's it's always growing, and it's that you know almost that SaaS model of hey the yard grows, we go cut the grass. Um, how was that transition for you from you know a weekly SAT type, almost SaaS model type of thing to now we're doing hardscaping? Uh, how was that transition? Was it an easy transition? Where there's a lot of growing pains, those kind of things. Yeah, that's an awesome question because it was really, it was really, really scary. I think like because we were at a thing where you're you're right. We had you know like even though the, the revenue was okay and the profit margins were pretty, we pretty much knew they were set. Um, and we had that you know that monthly income. We knew pretty much year after year where that was going to come from. And then getting out of that and going to where we're every week, every month, you know, is, is different, different jobs. And it's not, not very much of it is repetitive, right. Or, or reoccurring, I guess. And, um, and so that was a little, a little unnerving when we first started. And I remember the, the first big project, hardscaping project we had scheduled as it was nearing a completion and we didn't have a lot of stuff booked after that. I was kind of thinking like, man, where's all these, where's, you know, what are we going to do? Where's the next leads coming from? But I mean, like the a thing I've been saying a lot of anymore is like, you get known more for doing what you do more of. And so like we stopped being known as the guys that were mowing grass and doing leaf cleanups and, and all that kind of stuff. And we got just, we got to be known for doing more hardscape work and brickwork. And, and I'd had 10 years in business prior to that anyways, or 15 really. And so we had a book of business built up and reputation. And, and so we just had to make that marketing pivot somewhat of, you know, say we don't do this anymore, but we do, we really specialize in this now. And, uh, and that snowball kept rolling downhill. And, and uh, fortunately with the, the tenure that we have now, uh, you know, being in business for 20 years, or I've been contracting for 20 years, and the relationships I've built over 20 years uh, are really, are really, you know, really bearing fruit. And it's one of the things I tell the new guys, like, well, how do I get these jobs? Now, you know, first, you need to hurry up and wait, you need to hurry up and be patient, right? Like, it takes three to five years to really get a business off the ground. And so I'm going down a side tangent because I get really excited about this. And yeah. like, I was talking to Luke in a week, and he goes crazy like me too. So like, sorry, guys, I apologize. Um, so, but I get so excited talking about this stuff. because I, I just love, you know, sharing the mistakes I've made to try to help somebody keep from making the mistakes I did. So long story short, it was, it was scary. Like we were, there was a brief period where we're like, man, what are we going to do? And then that we haven't looked back since like, it's been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, I'm going to guess because I talk to contractors all the time. I've got contractors on the, on the podcast all the time. I'm going to guess that doing things the right way in the you know week to week lawn care end of things and doing things the right way job in and job out in the hardscaping end of things i'm going to guess just doing it the right way building like you said building those relationships treating customers well making sure they get what they're paying for i'm going to guess you just grow in it it'll it, it's different i'm sure but the same th- the recipe is the same. Is kind of what I'm getting at. Is that kind of what you were finding? Is that while it's a different type of revenue model, the recipe for it is essentially the same thing: doing things the right way, taking care of your clients, and business just keeps following. Absolutely. I mean, the 
yeah, that is that is universal from a pizza shop to a bridge construction business to like what we're doing. Like if if business is 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 the hardest thing you can do and yet it's the easiest thing you can do. If you do what you say you're gonna do when you when you say you're gonna do it, that right there will sell all the work you need to, you know, you barely need to market outside of that because keeping your word and doing what you said you're gonna do when you said you're gonna do it is critical to really growing a foundational business that's going to go somewhere, building that kind of reputation, that kind of rapport that goes a long, long ways. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to, to set expectations. We had Boris Altman on a few episodes ago, and that was one of his big takeaways is if you don't set expectations for your client, you can't meet them. And, you know, it's hard to hard to build a great reputation if you're not meeting expectations. And so that's that's such a great point. Uh, when I think about where you guys are at, so you went from the lawn care end of things into the hardscaping and the environmental end of things. You also mentioned that you have a hardscaping academy. Tell me a little bit about what the hardscaping academy is, because that, that really intrigues me as to, you know, what you're doing with that and how that serves more the industry as a whole versus just serving you as almond landscaping? Well, um, yeah, the Hardscape Academy is something that was birthed out of like a million direct messages and Snapchat DMs and stuff. And so like, I like Instagram, our Instagram channel at almond landscape and all the other, you know, platforms and stuff. Like I would get so many DMs because my, it's my journal. I treat it like my journal. So I will just, I'll t- I never, I never understood or never was much for journaling. And then I realized like, that's what I do every day is just journal, but it's in video and audio format. And, and I, I used to think journaling was kind of silly. And then I realized like, Oh, I do this every freaking day. I'm just doing it on Instagram and faith, you know, it's like crazy. So like, I would just always be explaining projects and what we're doing. And, and I, I guess I ended up just, again, from the teacher standpoint, because I've done so much stuff the wrong way of running business financially in things I've learned installing over 20 years now. And so like, I'm just always on Instagram and Snapchat and all this stuff talking about this stuff. And I would get, and this was, this just kind of started about four or five years ago, I think. And I just got so many DMs like, well, how do I do this? How do I install the base? How do I, you know, cut pavers to a radius and all this stuff. And I'm like, I would send guys to some YouTube channels and some YouTube videos and stuff. And I'd, I'd send them, you know, I'd answered every DM and I still do. But um, I was like, there wasn't one resource that was like, it just had every, it would have everything in it that I would want to talk about. And so we shot our first like training video of how to install pavers way back. We did it in the wintertime. We did it like MVP style, like or minimum viable product. Like it was a winter. We didn't understand camera exposures. It was like grainy. The audio was like perfect though, but the video was grainy. Somebody compared it to the Blair Witch Project. If you remember that movie from like <laughs> yeah. forever ago, <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. The, video. Qual- the video quality, the content was great. But like, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to produce this video. And I'm going to, I'm going to sell it. And if I can just recoup the costs of the initial, cause we put it about on DVDs, man, back in the day, like this was crazy, but like we made DVDs and shipped them all over the country and all this crazy stuff. Actually somebody in Dubai bought one. We've shipped them all over the world. Yeah. We're international, I guess really global, yeah. but uh, that was like really cool. So, um, and so it just was birthed out of like getting a million DMS. And so then we just, we just constantly get questions on how to do stuff. So we just keep making content and training courses that are geared towards all the questions we get. And uh, we've priced everything like, and this isn't a sales pitch, like, but we, I could sell stuff for a lot more money, but like, I, I look back to like when I was kid contractor and like, I had no money and didn't understand why I had no money and that kind of stuff. And so I, I try to 
it probably makes us look like this, this argument is always saying like we price it so low. I, I say so low, but like low enough that like, I want anybody to be able to afford it that wants to learn and better themselves and learn how to install hardscaping properly. I know this sounds like some cheesy cliche pitch fest crap, but, um, it, but I want that kid contractor to be able to get this stuff and to, and to learn how to do stuff the right way. And, uh, and that's like our why. So that's like what I'm getting into is like, that's our why. And you ask how it like kind of evolved, like, it was to help answer like 10,000 of these questions we get, or I say 10,000, that's an exaggeration, of course, but, um, or maybe over the years now, I don't know, but that, that's our why. Like we want to help the, the young contractor that's trying to learn how to, how to do this stuff. And we keep planning on putting on more and more stuff. Some great stuff about giving back there from Caleb Amon. We're going to take a real quick break and we will be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of The Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by CompanyCam. With CompanyCam Pro, you'll have access to everything you need to work smarter, not harder. Become a pro user today and get link sharing, customizable reports, and video. Download it now at companycam.com or in your app store. And we're back with your host. Here is Michael Gogan. So where I want to dive a little bit into is, so I'm not I'm not a contractor. Uh, really, until I started with Company Cam, I had zero background in contracting. My grandfather was um, a li- in co- construction a little bit, but really, that's my only exposure to contracting. And so it was new. It was new to me, and so I, I'm always learning. I like to learn, and. It's honestly, a, it's a landscaping company here locally in Lincoln, Nebraska, Summit Lawns. I've never once paid them a dime for anything, um, but he is always on Instagram. He is always on Facebook and he is always educating and he's educating me as a property owner. He's showing, you know, talking about why, why I've got spots where my dog pees and why it's not the end of the world. And he's telling me about the little grub that I have in my my tree or my bush and if it's a big problem or not a big problem. And so where I'm getting at here is not only did you and journaling, I love how you, you've called it journaling, you know, showing what you're doing and explaining what's going into jobs. You have this hardscaping Academy, but I would bet money that you have a lot of business that comes from the content that you're creating on your social media. And it's not just, straight marketing. It's you explaining and people truly understanding what goes into the process, why it's important. And that drives business. Is that a safe assumption that you're you're not only getting contractors reaching out to you, but you're getting property owners saying, hey, what you did at that one property where you had this type of a patio or whatever, I want that at my house. Uh, is that something that you're getting off of You know, this type of social media posting as well? Yeah, and and let me apologize for the dinging and the beeps in the background here. If that's coming through on your end, I don't know how to set my computer to do not disturb. <laughs> I'm trying to tell my wife to shut down whoever's texting the group that we're in. So I apologize, gentlemen. You're good. Uh, and you're, you're you good. might be good enough, like podcast professionals. You can like edit that stuff out. I don't know, but I apologize for that. Um, yeah, I'll tell you. It, it, you know, it kind of harkens to like the Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk concept of like give, 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 ask. And it was never my intention of like um, to, to use this to actually garner, you know, new, new leads and new business. But what I have found is like you, when you're out explaining stuff all day, you are perceived as an authority figure 
And then people are like, well, this guy seems to know what he's talking about and is a fair, fairly effective communicator. And I see the work they're doing and I begin to understand the process and why my yard is going to be destroyed for three weeks and, and that kind of stuff. And yeah, it, ha- it, it has. And it's, it was never my goal. And actually, I almost never wanted to be in front of like my local, um, my local populace because I wanted to still remain as open and transparent as possible with like, man, we made a ton of money on this job or we did really well, you know, or like, oh, we got killed in this job and this client was a pain and just all the stuff. <laughs> and then the more I found out, like more and more local folks were finding us. I'm like, well, well, I'll have to throttle that back a little bit. There's still honesty and integrity, of course. Um, you know, but yeah, it actually, it actually was really interesting to see like a lot of local stuff. And in our rural demographic in Southeast Ohio, here Fairfield County, just Southeast of Columbus, Ohio, what we see is not a lot of, um, like we do a lot of our demographics somehow, or for some reason is a lot of like empty nesters and retirees. We do a lot of work for that demographic. Not, not a lot of young, young folks, new builds. It's just not a demographic we're in for some reason. But what we find is like, they're not finding us on Instagram necessarily, but their kids and grandkids are and referring us to their grandparents when they ask if they know, or you know what I mean? Or like mentioned landscape that's happened to us on several large projects. And it's just been an interesting, interesting thing to see that dynamic open up. No, that's that is a great point that you just brought up because while I've never spent a dime with Summit Lawns, I would bet money. I, I don't even know, but I would bet money that somebody I've talked to because I talk to talk about them all the time, and there's been times where people are like, "Man, I got these things in my pine trees. I don't know what they are," and I'm like, "Oh, you should check out Summit Lawns. He does, you know, live videos." all the time about telling you what's going on in your yard and why it's not probably the end of the world, even though it may look like the end of the world today. Um, so yeah, hearing that is, is really cool because you're, you're getting that same thing of, you know, Hey, you should check out almond, almond hardscaping. Cause I saw that they did this awesome patio or they did this or did that. So that's really cool. Um, you talked about being kind of a, an authority figure or a place where people can come and and learn. Obviously, you've got the academy. You do a ton on social media. Uh, you've, you're a fellow podcaster, right? You got uh, got your own podcast going as well? Yeah, we do. That's something we started. Uh, and thanks for asking. We have a thing called the Kid Contractor Podcast. And it it's a uh, you know, we're on the Zoom call here capturing this audio and you folks have these big professional mics and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, these guys are professional podcasters. We're over here like kid podcaster deal. Now, I did buy a nice road board and a nice, I they're professional grade uh, headphones and mic set. They're really nice. But man, your, 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 uh, your mic piece there looks professional as all get out. So yeah, we mess around with the podcast thing. Really enjoy it. It's uh, just another form of, of uh, journaling, I suppose. And Britt and I talk about the business pretty candidly and and uh, we have some pretty cool guests, I'm sure, like, you know, like you folks and all that. So it's uh, it's a podcast is like I heard it, I heard it referred to as like windshield university. So like all the time that we spend driving, there's no reason to not be. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love like there's my, you know, you know, gangster hip hop rap days. I'm driving down the road, just vegging out, you know, and then my 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 Hank senior days where I'm just driving down the road, you know listening to banjo music kind of stuff. And, but for the most part, like I'm trying to fill my head with, um, you know, podcasts that are sharing valuable content, valuable information. And so like, you know, people drive and commute so much anymore. There's no reason to not be listening to a topic that's of, of interest or passion to help you side a start, you know, start a side hustle or to be better at what you're doing already. And so I listen to a ton of 
hardscape and construction podcast, business podcast, wealth building podcast. Uh, so I'm, I'm such a fan of podcasts. It isn't funny. And so I putting out one myself was like really, a, really a fun thing to do. It was really, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I do. So yeah, I, I, I love po- podcasts. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's kind of where I was at, where I'm talking to contractors on a daily basis and it, it was almost like, Hey, we need to capture these conversations so that other people can hear them because, there's so much valuable. And for me, it's not like, hey, you're going to listen to Caleb and I talk for 30 minutes and you're going to take everything we say and you're going to go implement it and make your business better. But I guarantee there's going to be a nugget or two today in our conversation that people are going to be able to take and say, man, I need to do that. And I, I'm going to ask you here in a second, but one thing I think is really powerful that you've mentioned is, you know, you keep going back to the journaling and the Gary V approach of, give, 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 give. Um, was that something that you had to make a conscious effort to, you know, post so many times a day on social media and you said, Hey, I, I want to make sure that I'm detailing what's going on in my jobs. Or was that something that you just kind of stumbled on and you're like, man, this is working. I need to keep doing, uh, this journaling through social media. Um, it's something that I have somehow found enough narcissism in myself to just absolutely love putting all the information out there. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that was a little weird at first. I was just surprised, you know, that the people would like pay attention to what I even had to say. Um, but it comes from, and this is me sounding like altruistic or something, but like it, from me, it came from such a place of like, Hey, I've been bankrupt before. I I've had a company that crashed, like don't do these things that are going to land you there. Like make sure your jobs are are profitable. Make sure, you know, do a profit and loss on every single project you do. So you know how to bid the next job that's like that and you make money on it. So like sharing all that stuff through social media uh, was like, it was helpful to me. And, um, and it was, and my dad taught me a lot of this stuff. And so like, I almost feel a weird duty to like kind of help push that out there too. Cause a lot of that older generation, you know, wisdom is gone as far as like construction and stuff like that. And so a lot of guys didn't have the blessing that I had to have a dad that was really handy and stuff like that. So I'm kind of like some altruistic sounding Mahatma Gandhi thing of like trying to pay that forward. But like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to just share the blessings, I guess, that I've had in that regard. But it was actually, like I said, cause I'm, I'm half crazy. It was like, it's, I just love this stuff so much. I love talking construction. I love talking business and wealth and just all this stuff and how to get better at it all that I just love going out and say, Hey, check this tree is extremely chlorotic. It's most likely an iron deficiency. Um, you know, so we can amend this soil with some iron and probably pull this pin oak out of the, out of this, or, you know, these pavers are sinking and settling because there was a recent, um, they built over top of a, a water line repair and they didn't compact their subsoils and, and, you know, compact and fill with proper bedding materials, most likely, or, and it was Friday at four o'clock and everybody was in a hurry. And, you know, the job kind of got put back together, not in the best way. And that's why we're seeing all that settling. So I just love documenting all that stuff and, and not to call out faults in anyone or anything, by the way, because like I said, I've made all my own mistakes too. It's just, again, to share and to like, hopefully help somebody, um, you know, not make mistakes I did or, or whatever. So, Yeah. So that that tees it up perfectly for my my kind of walk off question here. Um, we're on the contractors playbook. I, I'm an avid sports fan, um, so I always try to tie in some sort of sports analogy. And and for this one, you know, 
it sounds like you've you've struck out in the ultimate sense of the word in business and you know you, you had a business go bankrupt and so in in that time where you struck out and your business fell on the hardest of times and to where you're at today and you've got you know five full-time employees you've got a, a good solid business model what's what's been the key for you to you know st- continue down the path and to get to where you're at today, you know, where the last, last time you, you struck out. Cause you know, in baseball, it's all about confidence. You, you strike out and somehow I've got to wash that thought from my brain. I've got to get better the next time up, I'm up at the plate and I've got to find a way to put the ball in play. You did that. Uh, and for you, what would, what was the thing or things that kind of helped you, Wash the wash the bad thoughts out, but learn and get better so that you could be where you're at today. Um, most entrepreneurs are are pretty much crazy, I think. And like, I just there was no other option for me. I had to figure this out in some way or another. And fortune and what I learned to do was like, I was too in love with the work and the project, I wasn't in love with the business aspect of it. And what I learned from all that was like, I had to, if not love the business aspect of it, I had to learn to respect the business aspect of it. And what I learned, and as I started to get back ahead of the eight ball, and you know, we start learning like, hey, making money is actually pretty cool. Like being profit is that profitable is actually pretty neat. Drawing a decent paycheck for once is actually pretty cool. And I started to learn like, hey, it doesn't have to be the struggle. And like, you know, people say entrepreneurship's hard. Yeah, it is, but it can get better and you can make it better. And, but you've got to be willing to like, put yourself in the mindset of like, I'm going to make this a profitable business. I'm going to be able to support a family of five off of it. And that was like, that was one of my main drives. Like, even when I was a kid, like I've been saying this a lot lately, I feel like, but like when I was a young kid contractor and I still am kid contractor, I don't think you ever get past that really. Cause you're still too in love with the machines and the work and all that stuff. But like, um, I would run into guys when I was, you know, in my early twenties, like, Hey man, how's I'd run into other like lawn care business guys and all stuff like, Hey, how's business or what's up? Oh, I, I had to, I had to get a real job cause I knocked up so-and-so or, you know, my, my wife says I need to get a real job or, or whatever. And I just never sat with me. Well, I was just like, well, we have real jobs. What are you talking about? Like, this is a real job. And like, that was always part of my drive, even though I wasn't running my business properly at that time. Like it was just my drive. Like I'm not going to not make this successful someday. And like I had to learn the hard way a lot of a lot of different ways. Believe me, I had my face kicked in many times. But like, I'm metaphorically, of course. But like, yeah. The uh, but, yeah, I didn't know the mob money or anything like that. But like, um, it was uh, it was just one of those things. Like there was just no other option for me. And but I I learned to respect and love the business aspect of running a business, not just loving the craft. And the you know the workmanship and stuff. So, and and just you just have to you know, it always could be worse. There's so much I could expound on in this, but like you just always bankruptcy sucked. And it was scary, but like you know, I was healthy. My family was alive. Like everybody was okay, right? And it was, and it was back when I was single and had no other dependents or anything like that. Thank the Lord. But like, which is a good time to to go through a down a down a downtime like that, right? Like so. Another part of me sharing all that crap, it's not fun to get out and tell people you've been bankrupt. That sucks. That's embarrassing. But like, and I got into it mostly over like back taxes because I didn't run my company properly the first time. And like, I got into like all sorts of tax trouble and all this stuff. And like, 
I share all that stuff to say, like, if you're in that situation, you can write the ship, you can do it. And I have a lot of guys actually reach out to me of like, Hey man, I, I appreciate that. Cause yeah, I, I am like six months behind on my taxes. Like, dude, you can clean that mess up. You just don't want to go down the road, take it as far as I did. And like, it's just trying to be open like that to, to hopefully help somebody else not do that stuff. So it's just persistence, man. You just got to be persistent. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, learning from your mistakes is obviously a huge key to life. But something you said there that really resonated with me, and we're in all the contracting verticals. So, you know, I talk to landscaping guys, I talk to roofing guys, painting guys. Um, one that I always just chuckle at is the, the roofing guys. And it's, you know, when you're talking about running a business and a profitable business and, you know, being ahead of your taxes and those things. I talk to roofers all the time and they're saying, man, I, I inked 12 deals the last two days or I inked this or I did that. And unfortunately, there are some out there that you said, well, you know, how much are you going to make on those deals? They honestly couldn't tell you. They may do great on those 12 deals, but they may have, you know, done terrible estimates and inked a margin that's just not going to be enough to cover overhead and taxes and all that stuff. And so I think I think that's such a good point is, You've got to love what you're doing, but you also have to have to, you know, appreciate the fact that there is a business side of things, and we've got to make money in what we're doing. Um, so, Caleb, I I really appreciate you jumping in with us today. Uh, great conversation. Um, you know, keep doing what you're doing in the landscaping world. Keep lifting up the industry as a whole because I, I truly believe that's what you're doing with, you know, all the things you're doing, Hardscaping Academy, Kid Contractor. You know, you're lifting the industry as a whole. And, you know, that's what that's what we're trying to do. Um, so I appreciate you doing it as well and appreciate your time. Uh, we'll see everybody next time. Caleb, again, thank you. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Big thank you to Caleb Amon from Amon Landscape for jumping in with us on the Contractor's Playbook this week. Uh, give his Hardscaping Academy a look if you haven't before or Kid Contractor podcast, all of that great stuff from him. So uh, for Michael Gogan and myself, that will do it for this round, but we will see you next time on the Contractor's Playbook. <laughs>